Welcome to Guest Getter, the best place for restaurateurs to learn the art and science of getting more new guests, getting guests coming back more often, and getting guests spending more per visit so that you can be more profitable and do more of what you love. My name's Kyle Guilfoyle. Let's hit it. Hello and welcome to another episode of Guest Getter. Today, I'm excited to be joined by Wilson K. Lee. Wilson's a Vancouver-based entrepreneur and restaurateur who started 720 Suites, an ice cream shop in 2016, grew it to seven locations, and then sold the business. Today, we're going to dive into how to build a food service, a food service business that you can eventually sell, Wilson's top learnings on his journey, and where he sees the best opportunities for food service businesses today in the midst of this pandemic. Welcome to the show, Wilson. How are you doing? Very, very well, and thanks for having me on. My pleasure, my pleasure. Um, so uh, having said all that, uh, I, I, I love starting these podcasts by asking you how you would describe your particular area of expertise or your zone of genius. My zone of genius is really just taking action with different ideas. Like, I think as entrepreneurs, we're always slammed with so many different ideas, and it's definitely a double-edged sword where we have so many ideas and yet we always take action with these ideas. So we always are spread way too thin because a majority of the people out there, they're matched with ideas, but no action. But us entrepreneurs, we're matched with so many ideas and so much action and thus really not being able to kind of focus on things that move the needle. And that's exactly what we were able to see within our business. And, and one of the biggest struggles that we face when we began, because we just took on way too much. Totally. And, um, you know, having many years under your belt now of having taken action, uh, what's one thing that you wish you had learned about that years ago? I think it, that, that it, really comes back down to that double-edged sword is being able to spot the difference maker. Mm -hmm. And what I mean by that is there are so many different initiatives, marketing tactics, collaborations, expansions, wholesale opportunity, distribution, catering, events, sponsorship, like, and I'm just naming a few of the different things that we were doing and franchising, right? Mm -hmm. So being able to actually know and identify the very specific items that would move the needle for for us instead of just catching ghosts, right? Just just catching ghosts all the time uh, would really allow us to to be more successful than we we were. Like looking back, that's exactly something that if I were to do the whole thing again, I would have I would have looked at that and 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 really focus on things that really moved the needle. Hundred percent, and I I can't wait to get into what you think those needle moving things are in a little while here. But just to to give the guest getter audience a, a little bit more context and background, um, could, would you be able to take our audience on the journey that you took uh, from leading up to the conception of Seven Twenty Suites all the way to where you are today? For sure, yeah. And I like just to let you know a little bit more about uh, my background. I I do run multiple different businesses, especially because once again action taker, double-edged sword. Uh, I, I started a tutoring academy like 10 years ago. Actually, my first, very, very first business, I started when I was 16 and I was selling ice cream. 
believe it or not, full circle event, right? Uh, I was selling ice cream at a market with one of my best friends. Um, and that really sparked the entrepreneurial bug in me. And since then, I've been working on multiple different projects, always looking for opportunities, graduated from school, uh, worked at worked full time at Shaw Cables, uh, which is a communication company uh, for two years, and then um, jumped out, took the plunge and started a tutoring academy. Uh, built that for three years, um, sold that, and then started an event carnival games business. Cool. And during that, and that's a business that I still run um, till today, actually, almost wow. 10 years now. And um, so we operate all the carnival games at the major markets. And while you're at these markets, you get inspired because a lot of people buy food. Aside from carnival games, which is what we operate, um, we, always, we also saw a lot of opportunity in food. And that's when I jumped into having multiple food booth, booths um, and then saw really the upward trend on very Instagrammable friendly pictures really ahead of the, uh, its curve because every year I travel back to Asia and um, that's my trip to source my inventory. And I was able to see trends that quite frankly, North America is a little bit behind on that note um, that I was able to bring back to Vancouver. Um, and at that time, I saw smoking ice cream. and I thought, hey, you know what? This is a brilliant idea. I already know a bunch of um, suppliers since I'm in the food trade already. So I just basically took that idea and brought it back to North America because we don't have anything like that. Uh, Instagram wasn't popular yet. And, um, and so that's kind of how everything started from there onwards. Awesome. So you, so that's, that was, you, you found your idea for 720 suites, um, when, when you're on a trip to Asia, um, would you be able to, you know, I, I think that a really powerful or a few powerful insights that you have is how do you build a food service business so that you can sell it? You know, this is by and large, a very passion driven industry. And mm -hmm. so a lot of, you know, a lot of passion driven folks, you know, when they get into business, they're, they're not necessarily thinking about selling it, you know? And so I would love for you to uh, provide that lens for the audience and maybe tell us um, the steps you took that that was, those steps were conducive to you being able to sell it. Uh, I can, I can take a stab at this. And if I'm, I'm taking a little bit of a detour and off topic, definitely pull me back in. Um, but I know for a fact that right when I began, and as you said, really pinpoint the, the, the problem I would say is because majority of the people that get into this business is based on passion. Yeah. And it is very, very difficult if you build a business business and out of passion and not really understand why you're doing it. Ultimately, what I see businesses at, as are vehicles vehicles that allow me to actually solve problems for my customers. Mm -hmm. And in the process of doing so as a byproduct, I would be rewarded. And that allows me to be able to buy back my freedom, freedom of time and financial freedom. Mm -hmm. So that's really my, my philosophy when I look at business and uh, what really drives my to, passion. I have, to, I have to interject here. Are you, are you a fan of uh, Dan Sullivan? Uh, oh, sounds very familiar. Who is he? Remind me again. So he's the founder of Strategic Coach. 
And he, he has this concept of the four freedoms, the freedom of time, the freedom of purpose, the freedom of money and the freedom of relationship. And so, um, I just, just that I, I had a hunch that maybe you were a fan, but it turns out I'm wrong. No, I'm not. And I'm really, uh, intrigued by, by him. Definitely look him up. Uh, Dan Sullivan, right? Dan Sullivan. I, I think he'll be a big fan. Anyways, I'm, I'm sorry to interrupt. No, not at all. Uh, beautiful. I, I love learning. Uh, I'm a really big self-development freak. Um, so there's definitely, I love, love learning about these things. And I'm glad that that's the same kind of philosophy that he has when it comes to running a business. And I think, um, my passion truly lies in the ability to create things, right? Um, being able to see opportunities, working on multiple projects. I really have that passion from ideation to materializing it and, and seeing what you have in your mind, being able to bring out to the market that people enjoy, love, and are grateful for so to start with that philosophy is, is everything, because if your mindset is not in the right place, it's very difficult to see your food business as a vehicle to be able to sell to other people in the future, right? So having that mindset to begin off really makes a big difference because we built the business with that in mind. My outtake when, and in my mission right in the begin with um, when I was recruiting all my partners was the fact that in four to five years, we're going to be exiting regardless of where we are. Um, that was like Got the it. goal right from the get go. Right. Um, so we were able to achieve that because I, I think like largely because that was part of the plan, right. Right from the get go. Uh, you need to be able to state your intention that this is what you're trying to achieve and not get married to that vehicle. Right. A lot of people fall into the trap of of holding on to something and not knowing when to let go. Right? Yep. And I think that's that's kind of where we were. Restaurant owners, operators and managers, before we continue with the episode, I want to ask you a question. Do you know if your marketing is working? Most restaurant owners are relying solely on organic social media and word of mouth marketing. While these are both powerful, they ultimately leave the growth of your restaurant to chance. You can't control algorithms and you certainly can't control what people do. But you can use a system that will have a huge impact over time. I'd love to show you the guest magnet method. It's a simple but cohesive system that will accelerate the growth of your restaurant in a way that you can measure. It is backed by ROI, a return on your investment. If you want to learn about the most powerful way to grow your restaurant sales this year, send an email to kyle at guestgetter.co with magnet in the subject line and I'll get you all the details. All right, back to the show. I know you, you had something to say. Well, yeah, one thing that you said that was interesting is that you know, the way you look at business is it's, it's a vehicle to solve a problem for somebody. And then, you know, the byproduct of that is, is, is obviously value. And also you being able to buy back your freedom. And I think that this, this is really interesting when we approach, you know, a food service business, because in the case of 720 sweets, an ice cream shop, um, you know, the problems are less obvious than they are, you know, with like, a, you know, m most other businesses, like, let's say a consulting business, you're solving like really specific uh, problems for your client. Um, how would you, how would, could you break down like how you look at 720 suites as a problem solving uh, entity? Totally. And I think it really comes back down to understanding who is it that we are serving, 
Yeah. Right. By being able to understand who we're serving, we understand that they have a very specific set of problems. So for us, we're targeting university kids who is looking for a place for them to feel belonged, for them to have a reason to share with their friends. And that's the reason why all our products are very, very trendy. That's the reason why we are always on top of the trends with collaborations, with product creation, with marketing, with our social media, with anything for that matter, because that's really the relevancy. That's really why people come to us because they have a reason to share with their friends. Because quite frankly, when it comes down to it, when you allow people to share your stuff, they in turn get a status uplift. Mm-hmm. Because they're the first one to share with their friends and thus they're seen as a positive note because amongst your friends and your uh, society circle, you're either a, a leecher or you're a value provider per se. And we're just providing a reason and a vehicle for people to come and feel belonged, for people to feel uh, status uplift. And truly just an experience altogether, right? Um, And of course, as a byproduct, they get good food as well. Um, But then food is not the only reason why they come, right? Ultimately, I think it needs to serve a higher purpose. And that's the reason why um, it really dictates everything that we do. Totally. Um, And, you know, I think that's, that's powerful when it comes to, you know, guest, guest getter, it's, it's, it's really, it's, it's about food service businesses being able to, to, to market themselves. And, you know, it sounds like you had built-in remarkability into your, your products so that, you know, it would be as easy. Well, it, it make the job of marketing your business much easier. Um, I would love to, I'd love to hear your perspective on, you know, when it comes to uh, how most restaurateurs um, market their businesses, what opportunities do you think most of them are missing? What are they kind of, where are they going astray? There are certainly levels when it comes to opportunities for traditional or even just regular day restaurant operators. Very, very a lot of different layers when it comes to that. Um, First, let's just talk about the low-hanging fruits, which is the product itself. People are not really focused on on the product itself. They're focused on like, how do they make good food? But then they don't look at the packaging. They don't look at the whole experience, whether it's going to hit the five senses, right? Uh, I think nowadays people focus on that a little bit more, knowing the fact that Instagram is one of the big hit things. They, They incorporate that within their food a little bit more. Um, but then that's definitely a low hanging fruit where I still see a lot of opportunity on, uh, for people to be able to solve the packaging, the experience of the food. Then it comes to the marketing piece, right? Uh, marketability really comes back down to how they are able to present their food, their brand and connect with their audience. A lot of brands can actually be a lot more fun and a lot more engaging with their audience, share behind the scenes footage, share UGC, user generated content, having collaborations with other different businesses, uh, being able to utilize different marketing channels aside from social media, email marketing, retargeting, Facebook ads, customer acquisition. There's so many different ways of marketing that 
traditional restaurant owners are not being able to tap into mainly because they're they're not as sophisticated as a business person because a lot of people the reason why people get into the restaurant business in my opinion is the fact that it is the easiest in their eyes from a shift of a nine to a five to doing business and the reason why they feel like it is the easiest business model is because they can visualize it it is because they can visualize this business model. They can go to a restaurant. They see there's lineup there. They try their food. The food is not that amazing yet. There's lineup and they see an opportunity visually in front of them. Mm -hmm. That's the reason why majority of people jump into the restaurant business because it's like the gateway to the business world. Whereas is this the right business model? Do they have the right business acumen? Is it as simple as they think it is? And a lot of times it's a, no, no. Right. So <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's actually, that's an interesting perspective. I've never heard it put that way ever. Um, I'll be suing on that I, one for sure. Yeah. Funny enough, because like it, it did take me a while to, to really fully flesh out that idea. It's just, especially because I do coach a lot of restaurant owners and, and, um, that is really the commonality that I see when it comes down to it. Right. Um, of, of why I always come back down to like, Hey, why are you doing what you're doing? Because without understanding your why, without understanding the motivation of why you're doing what you're doing, it becomes very difficult in this journey, especially the long hours, slim margins and the competitive landscape of this whole industry. So it's very, very difficult. Well, I, I think that's that's a great segue into what you're up to today and what you're you're very passionate about and excited about. But before we get into that, I I so you mentioned slim margins, and this industry is practically it practically identifies with having slim margins. <laughs> Does it have to be that way? Slim margins is is relative, right? Mm -hmm. It's relative to margins itself is relative to other business models. So knowing what you know, having the your network and knowing the skill set that you have. Yeah, uh, restaurants compared to a SaaS digital company, the margins are just night and day difference, right? Whereas like a SaaS company, margins are 80%, food industry 10%. So where is that, where is that comparison? You can't really compare it like that because of what you know. Whereas knowing that, Whereas if you do not have those opportunities, 10% margins on a million, $2 million revenue cap, uh, revenue every year, it's, it's not that bad because if you were, if it was someone else that's making what 50, $60,000 a year, 10% margins on a million dollar business, that's still a hundred thousand dollars. Plus you're able to do something that you enjoy. So, I mean, that's the reason why I say it's relative when it comes mm -hmm. to margins. Um, uh, yeah, yeah. Got it. Got it. Um, okay. Well, so what, what, what are you up to today? And you know, what, what has you, what has you getting really excited these days? What has you, uh, getting out of bed? Uh, mm -hmm. It's interesting. Um, because after we got acquired, um, last year, uh, we have seven locations and, and thankfully we, we hit our goal of getting acquired and when we did. So throughout the whole process, I've actually been documenting my journey for a whole year uh, of me building the ice cream shop. So uh, a, sh a short plug for you guys, if you guys want to check out my journey, go on my YouTube uh, channel and just YouTube Wilson Kaylee, uh, and you're going to be able to see a bunch of videos. And while I was documenting my journey for the year, 
I was able to get a lot of positive feedback, people asking me how to do things. And I started sharing a lot more strategies, tips on how to operate a food business. And, and since then, it's been picking up quite a bit. Uh, we now have 50K subscribers. Um, so basically, these are all restaurant owners, food business operators. And basically, every single week, I just go and just drop some bombs and, and share some strategies, tips. So if you guys are listening, if you want to learn more about you know the food business, definitely go and check it out. Um, and while doing that, I have been doing a lot of consultations to restaurant owners all around the world. And now we are actually um, helping people create a food model to sell online, specifically Instagram. That really combats the margin problems, being able to combat the whole uh, pandemic issue. What do you mean by a food model to sell online? So just imagine you are a baker at home. You make really good baking goods, let's say cookies. Now you want to sell it. You don't know how. We teach you. We have a whole course that gives you the step-by-step -step process in identifying your item, being able to price it properly, understanding how to park, uh, package it. How do you have other menu items to ensure that you're going to be profitable? How do you do all the math behind it, the packaging, and then the marketing aspect of it, being able to sell it on platforms, specifically on Instagram? How do you do collaborations with influencers? How do you get brand deals, media outlets, uh, and ultimately being able to generate um, this whole logistic and this whole business that is ran on Instagram? And which allows you to operate it like a food business, but without a physical location. Hmm. Uh, and that's been super, super well received, especially because so many people are wanting to start food businesses nowadays, but mm -hmm. they don't know how, and they don't want to fork out hundreds and thousands of dollars. Right. So this allows them to start with a very, very low cost. Well, and I also imagine it'd be a great bolt on solution for an establishment that, you know, has a kitchen space that maybe they're closed during the day and, you know, this would facilitate, you know, incremental revenue, that sort of thing. Totally spot on. Like this is definitely for people that are even operating their ghost kitchen. So we have a student who's making like $10,000 specifically because they have a kitchen that's not being utilized because over here they have uh, restrictions shut down. Right. And for yeah. them, they're like, there's no dying in. What can I do? I'm like, Hey, follow this. And then now they're generating equal amounts of revenue compared to uh, pre-COVID days. So something that's pretty interesting. And it's quite happy that we're able to transition and evolve into this space right now. Yeah, well, that's awesome. And it sounds like the uh, the, perf the perfect time for it. Um, Wilson, before we wrap up, I'd, I'd love to um, run you through some rapid fire questions. Are you up, are you up for it? Yeah, yeah, let's go ahead. Okay. Rapid fire, like a split second, right? I'm... Just like <laughs> as fast as you can. Okay. All right, let's go, let's go. Okay. Uh, what's your favorite classic cocktail? Cocktail. Oh, uh, old fashioned. Okay. What's your favorite bourbon? Uh, Macallan. Is that okay. Mac? Scotch. That, that's okay. Scotch. Um, okay. <laughs> what resource has had the biggest impact on your success so far? What resource biggest books, um, specifically? Book. Yeah. Just books. Just book. Okay. What, what book? Uh, e-myth. I really like e-myth. E-myth. Yeah, there you go. Awesome. Uh, who in the food service business inspires you the most and why? Salt Babe. Who? Salt Babe. The guy that, that does the salt 
by by the elbow thing. Oh. His salt babe. He got famous from Instagram. Okay. Because he he does this whole performance of 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 pouring salt in mid air, uh, and then like allowing it to drop on his elbow, and now he's selling like five hundred dollars steaks. Cool. I'll have to. Well, let's check it out. Um, final question here: If you were given fifty thousand dollars tomorrow by let's say government grant or an investor to grow your business, how would you spend it? How would I spend it? Put it in Bitcoin. No, I'm just joking. <laughs> um, how would I spend it? I I would create more content. I would create more content. Yeah. What Whether it be newsletters. Yeah. I would. I, I. I'm really intrigued. I want to be able to create a newsletter specifically for restaurant owners uh, or people that are intrigued in food business. Uh, truly a passion project. Um, I, I, I truly think that there is this missing vehicle out there that is that are for people that want to know more about the food industry, but then they don't want to dig through like crazy amounts of articles every single day to get updated. It, it should be like a grade five read on daily. So they're just sipping on their coffee and they get up to date with the food world a little bit more that inspires them. Right. So I want to be able to do that. Love it. Love it. All right, Wilson. Well, thank you so much for, uh, for taking the time and coming on the show today. My pleasure. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Welcome.